0: Communication there between Bird and Lloyd. Bird, a three to tie. You bet! Don't you just love the playoffs? I certainly do. Hello again, everybody. I'm Carly Webb, and this is the Transporter Room. The intersection of sports, transness, sci-fi, gaming, all things nerd and geek, and a lot of other stuff. And this week, it's money time in the WNBA Semifinals open up this week, best of five series, and coming up in a little bit, we'll have SB Nation, Swish Appeals, Zach Ward in the house to talk about the playoffs this season and the WNBA at age 25. But first, some news and notes this week, and I want to begin by spending a minute to talk about something written by Ken Schultz, my colleague here at Outsports the host of the Three Strikes and You're Out podcast, a great funny guy, a great writer, and a great cis ally. Now, he took a break from the chase for the pennant to talk about the chase for the pennants in the case of California's one percenter for governor, Caitlyn Jenner. Now, in the recall, Jenner got one percent of the vote. Not that it really mattered since Incumbent Gavin Newsom rolled to victory. Now, Schultz is talking about how Caitlin could work to redeem herself, and it's a tall order. Schultz is referring to a moment when Jenner was on the campaign trail and a- was asked about the transgender student athlete issue coming forth in legislatures across this country, and she had this to say.
1: And- This is a question of fairness. That's why I
0: oppose biological boys who are trans competing in girl sports in school. It just isn't fair. Now, it isn't the first time that Caitlyn Jenner has put her ambitions above transgender people. Remember, she figured she could be the trans whisperer for Ted Cruz. Schultz writes, Quote, she could double down on her campaign, or she can admit she was wrong, apologize, and work to make things better for the trans community going forward. You know, the very things that Caitlyn Jenner said that she was going to be about when she accepted the Arthur Ashe Award for Courage at the 2015 ESPYs. Remember that? Let's take a listen. I also want to acknowledge all the young trans athletes who are out there given the chance to play sports as who they
1: really are.
0: Schultz continues, If she wants to regain any shreds of that reputation, she's going to have to work harder than she ever has before. And here's the hardest part. She's going to have to do a lot of that work out of the range of TV cameras. It would still be a good start to hear her say that she was wrong to betray her community for cheap political points and that she will use her platform to Advocate for them for the rest of her life. You know, Ken, you're right. She could do this. But here's one trans person's take on this. I don't care if Caitlyn Jenner chooses to continue to sell her soul or tries to buy it back one nickel at a time. I'm confident in saying that much of the wider trans community isn't waiting on her to recant her positions, nor are they counting on it. I'm certainly not. If she does so, fine. But her history has shown that no one should hold their breath waiting for that. Caitlyn Jenner is about Caitlyn Jenner and is going to be about Caitlyn Jenner. It is what it is. You know, you can be LGBTQ and stand with those who don't stand with most of us. You can do that, but you'll be largely standing by yourself. Elsewhere in the political scene, electoral breakthrough in continental Europe. This past Sunday, you had legislative elections in Germany. A very important vote in regards to who will succeed Chancellor Angela Merkel, the longest serving democratically elected head of state in the world right now. She'll retire when a new government is formed. But based on how close the election results are, that's going to take a few months. The big story here, though, is who finished third, the Greens Party, mainly because two people who got elected to the Bundestag from their party. One, 44-year-old Tessa Gansera, who was forced to run under her birth name because German law still forces a transgender person to have to go get a medical certificate and a psychological evaluation before you can legally change your name and your gender marker. She won a seat to the Bundestag from a district in Bavaria in southern Germany. Also elected, 27-year-old Nika Slawik, Greens party representing North Rhine-Westphalia. Now, she ran on a platform calling for more climate action and dealing with transportation issues in her state. It sounds a lot like Danica Rome. Now, these are the first Trans people in German history to be elected to federal office after coming out publicly. There was a member of the Bundestag earlier in the 2000s that was elected, but they came out as trans after they had completed their term. Now, both have said that dealing with transphobia and homophobia in public life are priorities as well. Anti LGBTQ hate crimes have gone up in the country 36% in the past four years. And a recent poll has stated that 30% of cisgender, lesbian, and gay people and 40% of transgender people reported facing discrimination on the job. I also want to give a little bit of love to the WNBA. You know, that league that just can't seem to get any love. You know, TV ratings are up 51%. Merch sales are up 50%. We have this great playoff run. And in sportsillustrated.com right now, there's a really good article on how the WNBA Players Association cut through the noise and the misinformation, got key questions answered, and got 99% of its league to do what we all need to be doing, which is protecting each other against COVID-19 by getting vaccinated. Players, good on you. And last Sunday, if you... If you didn't see that Phoenix-Mercury-Seattle Storm game, find it wherever you can. Go on WNBA.com. Go on YouTube. Go on your on-demand with your cable system. Whatever you got to do to watch this game, watch this game. It was epic. It was great. And one of the players that that was the central figure in it is one of the greatest players to ever play. Sue Bird being clutch again. Now. Bird is 41 years old, and she's been winning accolades probably ever since she had a Nerf hoop in the backyard as a little girl. I could spend a whole show running her litany of accomplishments. And after that game Sunday, there were chance of one more year, one more year ringing out. And I'll add my voice to that. Now, Sue, I can't blame you if you Call the career right here. If you take off the uniform, hang up the high tops, take your fiancé Megan Rapinoe by the hand, and walk off into the sunset. I wouldn't blame you. But I'm taking off the journalist's hat, putting on the fan's hat, and just saying, can we get one more? One more. One more drive for that fifth championship. Perhaps with a healthy Breonna Stewart along for the ride one more, so that an entire league could give you the farewell tour that you more than deserve. And one of the young stars of the league, Natasha Cloud, agrees and said so in a tweet a couple days ago that was truly a great example of giving someone their flowers when they've earned it. And I'm linking a thread to that tweet on our Twitter page. So Sue, think about it. One more. But beyond that, there's a couple more things I'd like to see. For stars. I'd like to see WNBA teams during a playoff get enough respect not to get kicked off their home floor for a trade show or the ice capades during the playoffs. That is asinine. That shouldn't happen. That's a sign of disrespect to me. And I'd like to see... And this commercial flight nonsense. Now, it's bad enough that you have these top flight athletes on commercial flights dealing with hub and spoke nonsense during this pandemic and risking misconnections during the regular season. But this same situation during the playoffs, MIPS unacceptable. And imagine if this happens during the final, because you're going to have finals. No matter who makes it, where teams are gonna to have to go from one time zone to another, and possibly two. Imagine a Connecticut Las Vegas final or a Connecticut Phoenix final, which are very possible. Remember, the Connecticut Sun hugging the coast of the Atlantic had the number one record of 114 in a row. And you could have these situations again. I want to put the call out. There's got to be some airline who is willing you know, to like dedicate, a gro- dedicate a 767 for each team and a flight crew for a season so that these players don't have to go through commercial flight hell to play a ball game. And any airline that would pull that off and provide those charters would definitely get my business because, yes, I do fly. And I do support people who support the things I love. So come on, United, Delta, American, whoever it is, step up, you'll win a fan if you do. And also on a side note, notice who isn't discussing this. Yeah, I'm talking about the Save Women's Sports crowd. Here's, an, here's a real issue you could get on right now. And your response most likely? Just saying. And we're hearing that noise, which means we got to give some love to our sponsors. But when we come back, Zach Ward from Swish Appeal talking about the WNBA. I'm Carly Chardonnay-Webb. This is the Transporter Room. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody, to the Transporter Room. I'm Carly Chardonnay-Webb. As we said earlier, the big story this week is WNBA playoffs, the best of five series open up this week, and we have an impressive, impressive lineup. Two teams that are nouveau riche and two teams that in some ways have been the old money in this league. You've got the Connecticut Sun. Everyone's surprised this year. 14 wins in a row heading into this this series against the quick offense and firepower of the Chicago Sky. On the other side, the Las Vegas Aces, who were swept out of the WNBA Finals a year ago in the Wubble, trying for redemption. But to do it, they got to get past perhaps the greatest player in women's basketball history, and Diana Taurasi, Probably one of the greatest interior players of the last 25 years in Brittany Griner and the Phoenix Mercury in that other semifinal. This is going to be a fun time in what has been a great 25th anniversary season for a league that some people too often lift their leg on and a league that I happen to love. And my guest today is someone who also loves it. Zach Ward has been writing on the WNBA since their career began in 2012. And now they get to write. And most recently, the former be- a former beat writer for the New Hampshire Union leader got the call, got the big call to one of the major leagues of sports writing in this country. I give you now, beaming you up, live and direct from Boston, Zach Ward of the Boston Globe, Energize. Hey, how's it going? Going great, Zach. Welcome to the transporter room. And how does it feel to make it to the to one of the big clubs in sports journalism in the United States?
1: Um, You know, it's great. I grew up reading the Globe, um, and you know, I've lived in Boston my whole life. And you know, a lot of great writers, Jack and McMullen, and you know, great writers who've written for the Globe. So it feels really good. I, I felt really felt really cool to get in there the first time. Yeah, but also.
0: In a sense, you run a site. You've been running the boat for Swish Appeal for the last year or so, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. uh, I've been in the head for about six months, but I've been back uh, at the site for two years. Just to note
0: for everyone, Zach Ward runs the Swish Appeal site, which is a sister site to Outsports.com, and so we're colleagues in a sense, and just another reason why it's good to have you here. Phoenix, Seattle over the weekend. Does that game, you feel, have an historic place in the history of the WNBA?
1: Absolutely. Um, You know, it's hard to even come up with words to describe that game. You know, I think it kind of spoke for itself at the end when they exchanged jerseys, Sue Bird and Diane Tarassi, and just the class that Sue Bird showed to even go out and do that interview after, you know, losing your season, ending your season you know they've just been so great for the league the way that they interact with each other through the media and show that friendship and yeah the game itself you know um to go down to overtime i think sue made two or three really huge threes including the one that tied the game to send it to overtime you know that makes it a classic with the way that she kept seattle in the game and then you know diana Taurasi clearly was limping off the floor after the third quarter um, still played the fourth and overtime and in overtime made the three to tie the game. And then uh, that fall away on the baseline to give them the lead that gave them the lead for good. Absolutely a classic.
0: Say hey, that game kept me on pins and needles watching it and talking about Sue Berg. Do you think this is the end of the line for one of the great players in the history of the league, and in a larger sense, one of the great players in the history of women's basketball.
1: Yeah, um, I think it could be. I think that a lot of people on Twitter were saying that they didn't expect her to retire, but after the emotion she showed in that interview with Diana Taurasi that they think she might now. Um, I liked what you said before we came on about her deserving you know, a farewell tour if she says, you know, I'm going to come back, but it's just going to be for one more year. I think that would be really cool whether or not we're going to get that though. I'm I'm not sure. I mean, she's clearly, uh, one of the best winners in the history of the WNBA, you know, was a key part of four championships was a star on four championship teams. Um, you know, the numbers, the scoring numbers aren't sky high. Um, but she was ranked number eight by ESPN when they recently gave their top 25 players of all time before the fans vote for that um and i think eight is is a good place for her i think you know the numbers the scoring numbers have been double digits every year so consistent she she really is one of the greatest of all time i would
0: concur with that having had the opportunity to see her play at the university of connecticut see her play in the wnba and see her play for team usa but also Playing overseas, uh, this is a, and that's one thing you talk about the scoring number. This is a person who could score double of what she could easily be an 18, 19, 20 point per game player.
1: Yeah,
0: but at the, but if but if she was, then she wouldn't be as effective, I think, as she's been. Not just for herself, but for an entire offense. She took an already great player like a Lauren Jackson and working with her made her unstoppable. And you're seeing the same thing with Stewie now, when Stewie's Stewie's healthy. Now, in covering the sport, as long as you have, what what has stood out for you as a journalist most about Sue's ability?
1: I mean, you know, it's the no-look passes. Um, It's, you know, just, I mean, she controls an offense. You know, I mean, there's a couple other, you know, Courtney Vander Tisha Pinachero. Um, but she's right up there with those, with those players. Yeah, and just, you know, the way she is with the media is just phenomenal. Just a classy player. I think that, that's the other thing that stands out about her.
0: Take off the journalist hat and just put on the fan's hat. Why would you want to see her stay, and why would you want to see her retire?
1: Alright, as a fan, I mean, just to see her play, it's exciting to watch her play. And also as a fan, you know, you want to see the farewell tour and see all the other players in the league respect her and pay her, pay their respects to her why would i want to see her leave as a fan um maybe you can make the case that it's time for her to step away and um you know that she's done enough and uh go out as a you know as a, almost a champion you know with the success that the storm have had in recent years and a champion two years ago or last year
0: Turning to the awards this season and the type of season we've had, what are what are some of the biggest takeaways you've gotten from this 25th anniversary season following it from game to game?
1: Well, it started off with a lot of thrilling uh, buzzer beaters. So that was great. I think it was one of the more exciting starts that we've seen in a while um, with Sabrina Inescu and Dan Tarasi on opening day. Um, and then, you know, I mean, you've seen the Connecticut Sun, obviously, are the big story, and you know that they stand out this year for what they did when no one expected them to be great. Without Alyssa Thomas, you know, and then Alyssa Thomas coming back because that was that's just amazing, you know. With the coming back from an Achilles injury is so difficult. So for her to do it early, in addition to what she did last year when she played through the dislocated shoulder, you know. Uh, and and the fact that it gives Connecticut now such a loaded roster is just huge. And you know you can't say enough about what John Cole Jones and DeWanna Bonner and Brianna Jones have done as well. Um, and Kurt Miller, you know, he's by far and away to me the coach of the year. So I think the Connecticut Sun have really stood out to me as the the big story this season.
0: Do you see, especially in these playoffs, that the rest of the nation is going to finally f- see how good John Kelly Jones is?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think. They should know already, though, you know, because of the 2019 finals, what she's done this regular season. She's not going to be satisfied unless they win a championship.
0: They got to get past a, a Chicago Sky team for stars that themselves have have one of the great players in the history in this league on their roster. in yeah. Candace Parker. And they've got those dang Vanderqueeks who really set things from outside, stretch you out. And then that opens the door to Candace Parker to just loot you and kill you attacking the basket. What kind of series do you see? How far could it go? Who gets out of that series alive?
1: Oh, I see it going five games. Um, I'm I'm big on the sky. Uh, you know, I think Courtney through first of all, 36 points through, through two playoff games. You know the sky will take that for her, averaging 18 points. Um, obviously, her 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 scoring numbers are usually not that high, but she is underrated as a scorer, and she can she can shoot the three, she can drive, she can do so many things. So um, I think it's a big deal that she's doing so well. Kalia Copper, obviously. Diamond to Shields, Allie Quigley, and Kansas Parker, I think they can push to five games. I I think I'll take the Sun in five just because, you know, Alyssa Thomas being back, you know, the the son of the best big four in the league. But, yeah, I think Chicago has shown – I think everybody, you know, is pretty high on Chicago right now after winning by double digits in the first two rounds.
0: On the other side of that, Las Vegas Aces, a team that looks loaded for a run to win this thing, and. I've always been a believer in sport that some of your, sometimes you have to lose one to win one. The Aces got to the final. They ran into a more experienced Seattle Storm team, and they were swept out of it. What do you think they've learned from last year that could help them this year? And as a side note to that, Kelsey Plum, your choice for six man of the year, yeah. I might add. How will she factor into this series?
1: Well, I think they've learned... Um you know, how difficult it is, you know, cause they were extremely good last year. So they've learned to not take anything for granted and to play 40 minutes. I think Kelsey will be huge. Um, I think she, she's one of the X factors, probably the X factor for them that could swing it one way or another. Cause you know, you've got Asia, Liz and Chelsea, and then you've got the next four of her, of Kelsey, Dierica. um, Jackie and Raquana. somewhere in that four, that next four, you need someone to step up and and be a a superstar. And I think Kelsey Plum has superstar potential. She's shown flashes of it this season. Um, And I think to beat the sun who have four superstars, she needs to kind of turn it on and be that fourth for the, for the aces. I just think that they have, The talent and that it's theirs to lose.
0: If you go into the WNBA Twitter sphere, there's a lot of discussion about this. Aja Wilson, a lot of people say she's getting short shrift in regards to being considered among the top players in the league. Statistically, why would anyone quibble? But first off, is this a legit complaint? Is this real or is it kind of like, no, not as real as you think? And if so, what is it about, why is Aja, if she is getting short shrift, why, why is that?
1: Well, Liz Cambage said Aja's the best player in the league before the season started. I, she said that Aja's media day. Um, and a lot of people responded to that with, yeah, she is, you know, thanks for saying that, you know, a lot of the South Carolina fans and all that, and people were saying she might even be better than Stewie. Um. Obviously, Stewie had her supporters too it was a It was a debate, but um, I think Asia you know she doesn't have the three point shot she doesn't have the slashing ability, the driving ability that um Brianna Stewart has um, she's not the complete offensive player who can do everything, but at her role, you know taking those mid range shots and scoring inside. Um, and rebounding and defense she is perfect for her role so i think if if there's a a reason why she doesn't like people are hesitant to call her the number one player in the world it's probably because of that you know the three point not having the three point shot and the the driving and the the guard like skills that's you know we get spoiled now everyone thinks that you have to have those skills to be the best um, you have to be like an Alina Deladon or Brianna Stewart who can step outside and do all those things. But you look at like Sylvia Fowles, a true center and how she's, I mean, she's just as good as Delina Deladon and all those other players. So I think Asia's in that category with Sylvia Fowles, like a true power forward um, who's just as good.
0: On the other side, though, the Mercury, even a wounded Diana Taurasi is dangerous. But if Diana can't go, who steps in? We know about Brittany, and we know how, and we know how Brittany can destabilize a lot of things. Who steps in if, if Tarasi's in a situation in this five-game series where she cannot
1: go? I think it's Sophie Cunningham. Um, you know, Shea Petty is going to play the position that Tarasi plays. She's going to come in and do that. But, you know, she's really been struggling from the three-point arc um, lately. So I think it would have to be Sophie Cunningham.
0: You just had to mention Cunningham, didn't you? Cause she cut she cut the heart of my team out, Zach. I'm a Liberty fan. Oh man. And that was hard to watch. Just, just every time just dagger after dagger down the stretch. But no, she's she's played well. But and that's all, and that's another question. We talked about Sue, but also Diana. Diana said she still wants to play. She wants to be in Paris in three years' time for one more gold medal at least. But are we seeing near the end of the line for her as well? We know it's coming, but is it coming sooner than we think?
1: Well, she said, you know, in the in the press conference after that win over the storm, um, if there was any way she could help, she was going to play. If, you know, she thought it gave them just a slightly better chance to win, she was going to play. And she really does still help them win. Um, so. You know, I don't, I honestly don't know with her. She's, she's going to be hard to predict. I think Sue's been hard to predict. Um, I think Tanya's going to be even tougher to predict. I think she's, she's going to want to play a lot longer. <laughs> you know, I just get that sense from her. You know, I don't know how, how much longer she can, it's capable, but I think she wants to play, uh, you know, more than just one more year. Ace Mercury,
0: who you got? Who's moving through the finals there?
1: Uh, I'll take the aces in four. Um, I think Phoenix has a chance to win it all um, with Brittany Grant and Skylar Diggins Smith being as consistent as they've been. And then, you know, Tarassi is really going to be the X factor that could swing them to a championship team. I don't think w- if Tarassi doesn't play at her best, I don't think they can. Um, I think they're the weakest of the four teams left, even though they had the great 10 game win streak and played better than the sky did in the regular season. I think the sky, the true sky are being shown now. And I think that they're, you know, we had them in Swisherfield at number two to start the season after the aces. I really think the sky are, are the better team than the mercury right now and should have been all season, but this, the mercury still have a chance and it's going to take, um, you know, Diggin Smith, and Brittany Garner both scoring 20-plus. And it's going to take Diana, you know, being the, the third scorer there to really push them over the top.
0: When what we're seeing in regards to who's come out the last five years from the college ranks and who's come out internationally, what we saw at the Olympics this year, where we're seeing the United States sweeping in 5-on-5 five five and 3-on-3, three three, and by the way, Kelsey Plum was on the 3-on-3 three three team. And is now in these playoffs, um, with more and more talent being created. Is it time for the WNBA to seriously look at let's expand this league?
1: Well, I would love that. Um, if they expanded the league, I think you look at, um, some of the people who, um, got drafted or almost didn't get drafted or didn't get drafted this year. You know, there's so many, um, Trying to think some names. I mean, Lindsay Pulliam from Northwestern, you know, fallen as far as she did. Um, I don't know why I can't think of any other names, but, um, you know, they're definitely, I mean, uh, Allie Papard, you know, I mean, there's just every, I, there's a, there was a slew of them this year that, you know, I followed in college that were so great um, and fell to, you know, the bottom of the draft or not drafted. So, you know, I mean, Kaiser Gondrasek was supposed to be in that batch that we're almost not going to get drafted, and she obviously went number four. So, um, yeah, I think the league, just from the standpoint of those players deserve to be in the league and are good enough to compete in the league, that that's enough reason for there to be expansion. And I would love to see, you know, a team in Boston – but there's obviously one in Connecticut, so I'm not sure if that was going to happen. But Oakland would be great, too. And um, got a lot of love for Oakland. You know, I have family out there. So, yeah, uh, I definitely think the league should expand. It would be great. This league needs to
0: expand. But, that, boss, that's another thing. We've seen expansion. TV ratings are up. Like, like seismic, 51%. Fi- merchandising is up 50%, partly due to the fact that the that the merch is really, really nice. I mean, the WNBA has really like just pushed the envelope on the merch, and it's awesome to have. Why can't the WNBA get respect when it's doing well? Last year, when the ratings were down, every news outlet said, oh, the ratings were down. Yeah, it was the wobble, but the ratings are down. It's horrible. Every time when it looks like the WNBA, they say, is dying, that gets, the, that, gets that cover story in SI with the exception of what you've seen this week in regards to the vaccination rate for the WNBA. We'll get to that in a minute. But why are still, why are people still down on this league when this league just keeps getting better and better and better and you have games like Phoenix-Seattle this weekend?
1: Well, I will say that it has gotten better. Um, there's still a long way to go. But from when I covered the league in 2013, when it was really just swish appeal and now you've got the next and Windsider, um, and so many other outlets covering um, and her hoop stat. I mean, you got so many people covering the league now um, and national shows giving it more respect and more attention as well. Um, but I think, you know, people just get stuck on, you know, the NFL MLB and NBA and NHL and you know, they're just stubborn to move into other sports and really see, you know, I mean, the WNBA is the NBA. It's just, you know, the other genders.
0: What's your thoughts on the moving WNBA teams to somebody else's arena during this, during the playoffs? Yeah. And of course, the travel issue that came, that cropped up again. Is that, are those things part of that long way to go? How do we alleviate them? How can fans help in that process?
1: Man, that that was really bad to see, you know, seeing a game at Grand Canyon um, University. Uh, Although the fans were great, it is a part of the long way to go. Fans, you know, supporting the league is obviously going to help with that and buying tickets and everything and, you know, watching the games, increasing the ratings. So hopefully that will, you know, be rectified in the future for sure.
0: How far has this even with that long way to go? How far do you feel this league has come? When you look at it now as compared to when you were back at DC Sports Box 9 years ago.
1: Um I think it's like a 4 in terms of improvement. Like it's gone from like a 1 to a 4 maybe. If, if you can look at it that way, I guess. It's like not quite I think it's not quite a, a six where it's like turn the table into a popular sport in the country. It's still like a four, like right there um, on the, on the cusp, but you got it. You really do have to applaud um, the fact that like around the horn talks about the WNBA now on the show um, and her hoop stat gets taught, you know, they always, any ESPN they always thank her hoop stats for everything that they do on the broadcast and, um, the next is doing an incredible job, um, and WinSider. So, I, like, there's so many more people who are excited to cover the league, and that's a, that's means we're headed in the right direction. Like, um, it's really great to see all the writers who are at the next and who are at WinSider and Group Stats like get really excited about a lot of young, a lot of young writers who are getting excited about it. Like, it's gone from I really think it was pretty much just Swish Appeal back in 2012, and You know, there were like five of us on the staff and now, you know, the next has 30 people on their staff. Um, They got a beat writer for all 12 teams. Um, And one cider and hoops hoop you add it up. It's like, it's like 50 people now. Um, It's like a workforce, you know? So I do think there's been a ton of improvement, but maybe not to like a six where it's become a major national sport.
0: Now, What gets you excited about this sport? Because if you look just at the, if you look at face value, come on, come on, young, white guy, WNBA, this isn't happening. If you go by what the sports actuarial tables say, what got you interested in not in covering this sport and what got you to be a fan of it as well?
1: Well, like I said, just a little while ago, you know, it's, it's basketball, you know, it's the NBA, it's just the other gender. Um, so I've always loved basketball and, um, and then, you know, the storylines are just as compelling, you know, the emotion, the, the, um, the ups and downs of the season, the, um, the championships, the you know, just the storylines, it's the same thing, you know, and you can get excited about that in any sport, but I really think the WNBA, um, has been, you know, the personalities of the players has been great. Um, you look at Diana and her personality that's been there since I started back in 2012. I think Asia is really good for the sport right now with the personality that she brings. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's just fun. And you see some NBA, you see Bill Lamebeer, you see Derek Fisher, you see some NBA coaches coming in and making it interesting too. So those, those are probably the, the main reasons.
0: Funny, you, you mentioned Bill Beer. To me, that's one of the wildest things about following, the, following this league as a fan for 25 years Yeah, is that Bill Beer, if someone had told me, because I was a fan of the old, of the old Bad Boy Pistons, Mm-hmm. If someone had told high school age me, circa 1988, that Bill Lane Beer would be coaching women's professional basketball 20 years later, I told them that they needed a drug test and you need rehab. I would have probably had said that. And here's Bill Lane Beer coaching in the WNBA. Yeah. Now I look at I look at things like that. One another thing I look at is that 99 is that 99% vaccination rate. In covering this league, how has the WNBA taking the stands they took, for example, last summer, during the, during the protests last summer, making a dent in a political campaign, speaking out against the then owner of the Atlanta Dream the way that their players in that franchise did, and also the fact that there's, a, there's an article this week in SI talking about how the union led the way in getting players vaccinated. How do you think those things have made a dent in giving people to give the WNBA a look?
1: Yeah. uh, I think it's definitely made a dent. I mean, it's made national news. Um, So people are looking at the WNBA and they, one thing they know about it that's on the face of the league is all the social justice work. And that's one of the first things you know about the league, um, which is obviously great. And uh yeah, I think with the vaccination thing, you know, it's obviously so important, and I think that the WNBA is definitely setting an example in by getting you know everyone vaccinated and in the and the same thing last year in the Wubble, the way they handled the safety protocols and everything was top notch, and um, you know that's that's really important, and the WNBA has been at the top the top of that.
0: Now we're talking about. Sue and Diana saying goodbye who 10 or 15 years from now if you had to pick three people in the league right now who've been in this league less than five years who will we be who will we be saying whose names will we be saying in the reverence that we're saying the names Diana Tarassi and Sue Bird right now who do you see in that orbit say, 10 or 15 years from now? Um,
1: well, I think Arika and Nafisa. Um, and then um, maybe Sabrina. Um, it could be those three. You know, I think Arika and Nafisa, uh, I've seen Nafisa one rookie of the year in 2019, Enrique was the runner-up. Um, you know they're kind of compared to each other. Enrique is a great scorer, and Afisa brings a lot with rebounding and other things. Um, and uh, and then I would I would throw in Sabrina. I really do believe you know she had she didn't have like a spectacular season this year, but I think she'll be in that conversation um, just because she she can do so many different things, um, fill out so many different categories, um, and be clutch too and be a leader. And I think the fact that she kind of stuck it out this year and still put up big numbers, even when people kind of forgot about her and weren't talking about her as much, she still, um, she still toughed it out and, and, and helped them get into the playoffs with that game against the Mystics. So, um, that was big to me. I think, I think she'll be right there too.
0: Now, one thing we talked a little bit in the green room before we started, this is that away from a wave, when you're not looking at the WNBA and when you're not covering high school football, which you have been doing since you got to the globe, um, you've been checking out the Mandalorian. Yeah. So even che- first, what got you been checking out the Mandalorian. I just started watching it. So, I just really started watching it. I'll admit, I'm behind on that. I'm behind on that. But, ever, but obviously, the buzz is real. Um, obviously, the buzz is real. Given, given how a series like that has gone so far, what would you like to see next? And, and what other things from Star Wars canon would you like to see serialized that haven't been yet?
1: Well, I would like The Mandalorian to keep going for a while like more seasons of that. Um, you know, I was a little disappointed by the um, seven, eight, nine, but the Mandalorian kind of saved it for me. So I'd like to see the Mandalorian keep going, continue the story um, into seven. Cause it starts right when um, return of the Jedi ends. So I would like to see it go through seven and make some kind of significant connection to, Kylo Ren or whatever and Ray and fit into that
0: story. I'm saying now that is some good ideas because I have a feeling that they can't, you just can't end the star you can't end Star Wars on on seven, eight, and nine. Yeah. You just can't. You you cannot do it. Okay. Now here's one. I got I got a task for you. Say, since you're a Star Wars Wars fan, and I am, and we're both WNBA fans, let's mash them up. Disney says, we want to make a WNBA version of Star Wars. Who do you get to play some of the main people? Who do you get? And you could get, and here's the ground rules. You can get any player, past or present, in these 25 years, any coach. You can even throw administrators into it. Who who you got? Who you got?
1: Well, I think I think we'd start with, uh, Diana Taurasi as Luke Skywalker. She's kind of the goat. Most people think. Um, so Taurasi is Skywalker?
0: Like the main character? See, I see, I see. Taurasi as a Han Solo. Okay, I yeah. see. Her. I I see her as a Han Solo. I see her as like this, Lu, this Han Solo loose loose cannon type.
1: Yeah, and maybe Sue Bird could be Luke Skywalker. I could I, see that. Yeah, And she's kind of the mo- she's kind of the flag bearer at the Olympics. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know. Um. So maybe. um, Who else can we throw in there? Uh. I feel like Don Staley should be some kind of mentor to somebody. Um.
0: Don mm-hmm. Staley, Mon Mothma with Don—that's Don right there. Yeah, I think either I think that's definitely like you could throw. I think she could be Senator Mon Mothma. Okay, I think I could run with that.
1: Um, let's see who else who could be Yoda um, or. Yeah. Obi-Wan. See Yoda,
0: you have to Yoda, you got to go old school with that. Yeah. You got to go you got to go like real. You got to go like to the beginning of Yoda. Van Chancellor. See, I don't know about Van. See, because I'm thinking Van, maybe General Dodonna for Van, but I'm thinking Teaspoon for Yoda. Let's okay. bring, I'm thinking I'm thinking like learning the way of the point guard. Okay. Get the Get the assist you will. <laughs> get the Score, you must do not. <laughs> Score. Yeah. And you got to get, I mean, who else? Okay, we, okay, we need a Darth Vader. Yeah, Darth Vader. We need a, we need a, we need a Vader. Who's just. And completely. that's a tough, and that is a tough one. That's going to be a rough one because you need somebody who's intimidating. You need somebody who's intimidating for that one. My first guess would be a Brittany Griner. Because yeah. that alone would just intend. I mean, if you're driving the lane and then all of a sudden you see number 42 in the lane, I find you driving on me disturbing. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that happening.
1: Or Sylvia Fowles.
0: Yep, <laughs> Fouls as well. I mean, but now I could, I could see this film. Ta- I could see this taking shape. W. WNBA Star Wars—that'd be kind of cool. That's one, but that goes back again to this league. This league has characters in it, yeah. And that's one thing. I mean, for that's one thing that always strikes me about the WNBA. There's care. People don't realize what. What do you think it will ultimately take for this league to really? You said we're at a four right now. What will it take to get that league to a six?
1: Um. Well, it's going to, it's going to keep the personalities need to keep, uh, lifting it up. Um, but I think it's, it's on the reporters and the in the national media to highlight those personalities and to highlight the rivalries and just keep covering it, you know, to that extent. Um, you know, like it's the playoffs right now, it's the semifinals. It should be a big deal on ESPN right now. Um, People, you know, people should be getting excited about it. You know, these these four teams are really great, and uh, you know, everyone should be pumped up about it.
0: One thing I am pumped up about is these semifinals to come. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot now to end this up. Who's going to the final? How will the final play out? Who wins the final? Who's MVP of the final?
1: Okay, um, so I think. Sun and five against the sky, aces and four against the mercury, and then I'm going to go with aces and five against the sun, and Asia Wilson is MVP of the finals.
0: Wow. So you're going to take, so let me make sure I got this right. You're taking aces, sun for the final. Yeah. S- aces in five. Yep. Asia Wilson get- getting MVP.
1: Yeah, I think the Aces are a more deep and talented team than the Sun. Um, The Sun have had the success this year, but um, people are forgetting about the Aces. And I really think that it's theirs to lose. I think they just need to play composed and do what they do and execute. And I think they can beat the Sun.
0: Well, over these next weeks, weeks we're going to find if you're right. Zach, thank you for joining us here at the Transporter Room. And I'm going to tell you, during the finals, we're going to want you back. We're going to want you back. I'm going to, I'm going to call this out to all my followers right now, all our fans of the Transporter Room. We will be bringing a WNBA Blue Ribbon Roundtable of friends of the show. And now you by being on the show, you just became a friend of the show. Awesome. You just became a friend of the show. We're going to bring you all back. And we're going to look at all these predictions. Zach, thank you. Keep doing the writing and the work that you're doing. And we're going to see you back here during the finals.
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Carly.
0: Right, we're going to beam you back down to Boston. And also I want to thank all of you for joining us on the transporter room this week. And also thank you for the outpouring of support we've gotten, especially for these last few shows, these last few fo- shows, have we've gotten it's been special we've gotten some great people like Zach in here and just to let you know if there's something you want to see or something you want to say about what we're doing here please leave a message on our Twitter page leave a message on our Facebook page because remember everything I do here at the transporter room I do it for you the people who support us and that's the transporter room for this week I'm Carly Chardonnay Webb saying Live long and prosper. Steady as she goes. I'll see you all next
1: week.